couple of weeks, hasn't it? So we had Radiant last week. We were in that building over there the week before. Like, it's just been wild. And so uh, we're getting here. Uh, and if you could believe it, this is, get, get this, get this. So we have tonight, which is already halfway over. We have Friendsgiving. We're not in service. Then we have two more weeks in December. Then we have our Christmas party. And then we're done for the year with youth. That's crazy, y'all. That's insane. Oh, yes, we do have your birthday. Oh, okay. Well, just, anyway. All right. It's crazy. It has been wild. And so, so tonight we're going to go through um, this one thing of, of, of looking at the Lord's Prayer. And what I entitled this message is Teach Us How to Pray. Everybody say, Teach Us How to Pray. Come on. So um, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 6, verse 7. Before we get there, though, I've got a, a question for you. Have you ever thought, have you guys ever thought about, um, well, have you guys ever thought about uh, if you got a chance to be with one of your heroes, whether they're alive or whether they're dead, and you were able to, to actually talk with a hero? It could be a celebrity, um, an actor, an uh, artist, um, uh, an athlete, whoever you have in your mind. Um, a lot of, have you ever been asked, been asked the question, like, what's one question you would ask them? Yes. Yeah. What, what's one question you would ask your hero, celebrity, athlete, person? Like, what's one question that you, what's the one question you would ask them? What's your religion? What's your religion? All right, yeah, that's a, that's a, what's your favorite flower? All right, yeah. <laughs> You're like, Google is, it works. Have you guys ever thought about that? Shh, let's focus in. Let's focus in. Have you guys ever have you guys ever thought about like if you were in the room with people um, who knew more than you and and who were um, more more well known than you and these these celebrity heroes that you have like um, have you ever thought about man if I could just be in the room with them and ask them one thing like I would say this or I would ask this question. You ever been there and thought like that? See, a lot of times. A lot of times we imagine that when we sat with them or when we, when we were able to talk with them, um, a lot of times we think that, that we would ask, like, how did you get to where you're at? What do I have to do to be uh, famous? What do I have to do to be a celebrity? How do I do this? You would, you would ask questions like that, and you would, you would sit underneath what they had to say, and you would listen to what they had to tell you about how they got there. Um, you know, if you, uh, if you sat with people who are influential, monumental uh, social leaders, you know, whether it's, um, whether it's, it's guys who, who just changed uh, the landscape of, of, of um, just society, like, like Martin Luther King, and you would ask them, man, how do, how do, you, how do you speak or, or how, do you, um, how do you do the things that you do with such great leadership? You know, a lot of times... We, we would find ourselves in situations like that and begin to just ask questions because we want to know how they got to where they're at, right? And so with me, 
um, in college, I had a really cool chance um, to get uh, uh, to know people that I would have never gotten a chance to be in the room with had it not been for me studying youth ministry in college in the backyard of, of where our fellowship is, the Assemblies of God, if you don't know, like right in the backyard of the national office. So you guys know, um, if you went to nationals with us, uh, do you guys know uh, Pastor Josh Wellborn, the, the national youth director? He's like the griffin, but for the entire country. Um, he spoke and all that stuff. I got to hang out in class with him uh, a couple of times where I got to hang out with him. We we uh, went to a banquet for Speed the Light, actually, and he was there, and we got the chance to talk with him and and uh, several DYDs and just people who uh, are, are influential, you know, uh, I have a great relationship and a great friendship with Pastor Griffin, our, our DYD, you know, and I'm always asking things to, to learn more because he's such a, a great leader. Um, I got, uh, you guys, maybe uh, leaders are more familiar than students, but you guys familiar with Red Rocks, uh, the, the church, it's a huge church, um, Red Rocks, they have their own worship team and everything. I got to sit with the youth leader or the youth pastor who was there um, in college. He got to do a leadership seminar because he, his dad taught at Evangel where I went to school. And like, I would have never gotten a chance to be in the room with him had it not been for, uh, for that. You know, being, uh, I was at Kentucky Youth Convention as a youth leader. And I don't know if you guys know who Fearless LA is. Um, they're a church out in, in Los Angeles. Pastor Jeremy Johnson, I got to sit underneath him and talk with him and hang out with him and give him local coffee because coffee is his life. Um, no, I'm kidding. But like, you know, just got a chance to, to hang out and talk with people who I would have never gotten a chance to do. Even, even with music, um, you know, if you guys didn't know, I, I do hip hop, I do music. I got to do a show with NF and we hung out backstage and I got a chance to, to talk with him and ask him like, man, how did you do this? Or how, how did you do this? He showed me a song before it released. That was cool. Like, you just get in, in these spaces with people and you find yourself asking more questions than, than, you, than you even know what to do with because you want to know more about how they got where they're at because they're in places that you want to be or, or, or would find yourself like to be, you know, it's just in a dream if you were where they were at. You know what I mean? Man, if I could only be like them or I could only be like them. Or, I say all that to say this. The disciples got that chance every single day of their life, Right? They got to sit with, not every single day of their life, but you know what I mean. Like when Jesus called them and they, they were following Jesus, they got to hang out with him basically 24-7. And they got to eat with him. They got to share meals with him. They got to walk around with him. They got to do all of the different things that they did. And they asked him a lot of questions. And I'm sure that they asked him more questions that are even recorded in the Bible. You know, just just got a chance to talk with him. Could you imagine actually physically walking with Jesus and just asking him questions like, hey, how do you do this? Or what do you think about this? Or how's your day going? Like, could you imagine being in the same room as Jesus in a in a expanded and, and extended capacity where you just get to ask him anything that you want to ask him? And what we're going to read in Matthew chapter 6 is really important because as his friends they got inside access to Jesus, but when it comes to the questions that they ask, there's only really one that's important of something that they asked Jesus to teach them to do like he did. And that was, they said, Lord, would you teach us how to pray? Would you teach us how to pray? 
So Matthew, um, if you don't know before we get into this, Matthew uh, was written specifically for Jewish believers, people who had Jewish backgrounds, people who knew about the, the Jewish customs. So he was trying to write to those guys and say, hey, Jesus is legit. He's who he says he is. Don't have to worry about him. Stop looking for the Messiah. It's Jesus. And he wrote it from this, this perspective in this context. And Matthew uh, chapter 6 is in the middle of what Jesus um, preached was called the Sermon on the Mount. This is everything, dude. If you want something from Jesus to, to speak directly to your situation, go read the Sermon on the Mount. Because this thing is jam-packed full with how you treat other people, how you treat God, how you treat yourself, how you're supposed to live your life. Like, it is like the ultimate sermon. I can never preach anything as good as the Sermon on the Mount. It's to prepare Jesus' followers to preach and teach the kingdom of heaven in the future because he knew what was going to happen and he knew that later on it would be them who's actually expanding the kingdom. And so he wanted to make sure that they were ready. So what we're going to read is what's called the Lord's Prayer. Do you guys know the Lord's Prayer? Most people know the Lord's Prayer, um, especially if you've been in church for a, a long time. But what's so interesting about the Lord's Prayer is it's Jesus' instruction and model for how a Christian should talk with God, not necessarily how Jesus was supposed to talk to God. Because we'll get into this, but, but when Jesus says, forgive us uh, our, our debts, forgive us our sins as we forgive others, like Jesus didn't need forgiveness because he didn't sin, right? So there's certain things, we'll get into it a little bit later, but the Lord's Prayer is more, a lot of people call it the Lord's Prayer, but it's actually more appropriately titled the Disciples' Prayer. He's like, this is what you guys should pray. This is how you should model your prayers. And so it became just this model of, of, of how we're, our, we are supposed to pray as followers and as disciples of Jesus. Does that make sense? All right, so let's go ahead and just read this. I'm going to read it from up here, actually. Um, this is what it says. It says, and when you pray... Do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're going to stop there for just a second and kind of camp out here for a little bit. Because in the Lord's Prayer, in this model of the Lord's Prayer, there's three sections and three things that we're supposed to, to really um, take from this model of prayer, okay? And they all start with F's. So there's the, the three F's of the Lord's Prayer. We have to focus on the Lord. That's what this is talking about. This, this uh, Matthew chapter 6, 7 through 10 is all about focus on the Lord. That's what this first section, this first part, is, is, is really trying to get across, that we're supposed to focus on the Lord. You see, the Greek word for father in this word, uh, or in this passage, is Abba. And Abba in the Aramaic, which was the, the, the language that this was translated from, it shows how we're supposed to approach God in prayer. Abba. It's, it's a word that you would use to call your father or your grandfather. It's, it's, that, it's that childlike, like, dad, like, like dad, I, I'm so glad to see you. I'm so glad to meet you. I was, that, that's what this word is. 
Abba is that, that childlike wonder that you have. And, and it's really how we're supposed to address and seek the Lord out in prayer. Does that make sense? So Jesus used this word intentionally because he wanted to show his followers that we could approach God in that way. Because up until that point, that was unheard of to speak to God in that like low of terms, right? Like, like such a casual thing to be like, hey, what's up, dad? Like, and so Jesus uses this word very intentionally because he wanted to show them that they could have confidence and they had permission to address God in this way. And he gave permission for other people to use it as well. So here's the cool thing about that. Him using that word changed the game. It changed our focus. It changed who, how, we're, how we're to focus on the Lord. Because when we have intimacy with him, when we know him, he's our father. He, he, he's our dad. He's, he's, he's a, a comfortable person to us, right? My dad is not as comfortable uh, as a father figure for you, right? He's my dad. Right? Your, your guys, uh, uh, the, the, the male uh, figures that are in your life, those are your male figures. You know what I mean? Those are your people in, in your life that you get to call that. They don't, the people, other people don't know. Like most people know my dad is Terry, okay? Like not dad. It'd be weird if a random person went up to my dad and was like, dad, what's up? He'd be like, um, I gotta go. Like, <laughs> this is weird, dude. And so when you have intimacy with the Lord, when you begin to spend time with him, when you grow closer with him, you can have confidence in who he is and what you're actually setting yourself up to, to ask for and to, to seek him out because of, right? You begin to know him more. You begin to understand his character. And, and there's a, a, a sense of, of calmness in, in approaching him. It's not like, oh, he's the principal and I'm going to make him mad if I like talk too loud or say too much. Like, and so we have to focus in on the Lord because be before we come in with our wishes and our desires and our thing, we have to know who we're coming to. Before, we, before we, we, we come up with a checklist, we'll get into this, but before we come up and be like, I need you to do this and this and this and help me here and do this and help me here and do this and, and I need this and I need this. Before we do any of that, before any of that happens, we have to know who he is and we have to know who we represent when we go out into the world. See, if we focus in on the Lord and we know him and we don't just know him as like, oh, he, yeah, he's God, whatever. And when we know him that closely and use that word, Abba, dad, like we can know him in that way. It begins to change how we approach him and the things that we approach him for. Does that make sense? He's making sense. So before we know him, we have to focus in on who he is and how we're supposed to approach him. And it can be very easy and, and, and not a frightening thing to do. And sometimes we can look at prayer and we can be like, oh man, that's kind of weird. Like talking to big God and he did this and did this and it's so crazy and all this stuff. And we can forget that like he's personal to us. He's, he's, he's our dad. He's, he's our father, Abba. Like, that's who he is to us. So we have to focus in on the Lord. If that doesn't make sense, let me put it this way. Um, if I know my dad and, and I, and I am, am seeking him, but I'm seeking him with ulterior motives, and I'm not really seeing him as like, oh my God, I, you're my dad and I just, I just love you, right? Like, because 
just who you are. Or my mom, I, I just love you for who you are, right? But if I'm like, hey, dad, hey, mom, how, how's your day? How are you doing? Can I, can I do anything for you? Can I get the groceries? Can I, can I clean my room? Can I? They're like, okay, what's up? <laughs> my, I was terrible at this, let me tell you. I was terrible about this, being like, hey, what's up, what's up, dad? How you, how you doing? What up, mom, what's up? How you doing? And they're like, okay, what do you want? They're like, okay, uh, so I need this, this, this. I need some money for this. I'd like this on my Christmas list, but I'd like to get it now before Christmas, if that'd be cool. Like, I just need this and this. And they're like, uh-huh, I knew it. Like, I knew the way that you said, how are you doing? I knew the way that you offered to do stuff. I knew how you were approaching me. And I knew exactly from the moment that you were like, hey, what's up? Like, I knew there was something behind it. And we'd be fooling ourselves if we don't think that God does the same thing. Not to say that God's not going to listen to you or, or ever push you away. Don't hear that. But we'd be kind of fooling ourselves to think that we can kind of slyly be like, hey, God, I love you so much. You are so worthy of our praise. You are, I just love you so much. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lift my hands and worship. And then, oh, yeah, could you do this, 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 this. Like, we have to focus in on who God is, who he is to us. And, and how amazing he is before we do anything else in prayer. And that's what this, this first thing is just looking and praising on God. That's why when, when I say things like, man, you have to approach him and you have to approach his kingdom and you have to worship him if you want him to move in your life, it's because of that. And that worship and praise is how we begin to, to find God in these moments, to hear him speak to us. If we, if we have to worship him and praise him. And that's what this first thing models to us. Are you guys with me? All right, let's read. We're going to read two verses, and then we're going to read one verse, so it's really easy. That's the biggest chunk we got. So let's go to Matthew 6, 11 through 12. This is what it says. It says this, give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we have also forgiven our debtors. This is that part that I was telling you about. This is why it's kind of more of the disciples' prayer than Jesus' prayer, because Jesus didn't need forgiveness, because Jesus didn't sin, because Jesus was perfect, okay? Cool, got that checked off. Let's move forward. So in this section, give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. This is huge for us, because this is the second F that you guys, if you're taking notes in this model of prayer, we focus on the Lord. We also fine-tune our hearts. When we pray this, when we, when we pray like that, when we take that model of, Lord, give us our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors, it fine-tunes our hearts. It begins to look at our hearts and look at who we are. You know, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it, as it is in heaven. Um, th these, these things... Um, here, it's, it's, it's not as much of a plea or an ask for God uh, to, to forgive us our debts, to, to give us our daily bread. All of this stuff is not as much of an ask of God, but it's more of a recognition of God, what God has already accomplished. If we look and we recognize him in the world, if we, if we recognize him in the world like we recognize him in heaven— then we begin to, to see that our hearts need to be in the right spot in our prayer life. We have to have uh, uh, just 
no ulterior motives, nothing that prohibits us from having clean uh, hands and, and a pure heart when we come in prayer with the Lord. This first portion of the prayer, it focuses on God and his agenda as we begin to submit to him before we ask anything of him. You see, here's the, here's the interesting thing. Prayer, it can't be concerned with our problems and our issues, but of God's kingdom, of, of God's uh, kingdom, of, of his issues, of, of what concerns him. When it says, give us today our daily bread, what that is, is really implying and what it's saying is I don't need anything past the, the, what you are wanting to give me. I don't, I don't need anything. I don't need anything extravagant. I don't need anything uh, that, that, is, that is above whatever you want to give me for this. Imagine if we were to trust him for our daily bread. Imagine how that would change our dependence and our reliance on him. Because so often we get into a spot where we are like, hey, uh, Lord, if you could just like hook me up for two weeks, like it'd be great. And then we kind of just move on. But what we see, what we know is that when we do that, it, it puts this thing, it, it, it takes us out of reliance on him. And what that can do is really mess with us because then we can think that we're okay without God. We don't need to talk to him. We don't need to address him. We don't need to revere him. We don't need to, to, to have that relationship with him because it's, it's, it's whatever. And, and, and forgiveness is a whole other thing. And again, this is why it's not really Jesus's prayer, but it's, but it's our prayer modeled by Jesus. It's, it's because forgiveness is, is such an, an important attitude that we're supposed to have. Because we've been forgiven. Because God has forgiven us and, and we are to forgive other people because otherwise you're never gonna be effective in reaching other people because you're not gonna care about other people because you haven't forgiven people. Does that make sense? And so it, you can see how this section, it, it, it puts a, a huge, huge uh, weight on fine-tuning our hearts so that we can be able to, to approach him and know that we are approaching him correctly and know that we are, um, that we, we're not acting selfishly. We're not acting on our own stuff. We're, we're not just doing things because we wanna do it. When we fine tune our hearts and we begin to knit our hearts with his, if we pray that his will would be done, if we, if we ask him for our daily bread, it creates a reliance on us. And that's really where our heart should be. Prayer can't be concerned only with our problems and issues, but with God's kingdom. When we pray for his will to be done, when we ask for our daily bread, when we ask for forgiveness and, and to forgive other people in the way that he's forgiven us, we agree to act towards accomplishing his will and his purpose and his plan for our life. That's what we agree to. So we have to fine tune our hearts so that we don't become like those who only see God as a genie who only look at God and say, Lord, what can you do for me? How can you help me? How can you do what I want you to do? How can you get me to the spots that I wanna be at? When we, when we take this, this, this prayer and build upon it, it's kind of a progression. When we build upon it, when we say your kingdom come, your will be done, give us our daily bread, forgive us of our, of our sins as we forgive those who have trespassed against us, those who have wronged us, 
we begin to reposition our hearts and match up with his. It's, it's all a progression. Imagine how weird it would be, just for a second, to go up to a fast food counter or go to a drive-thru, and instead of hearing like, hello, let's take Chick-fil-A for example, because they're the nicest people on the planet. Like, <laughs> I just don't get it, but they're just so nice. Like, you take Chick-fil-A and imagine if they were like, hello, welcome to Chick-fil-A, how may I take your order? Or how can... Instead of that, they were like, hey, what up, this is Chick-fil-A, uh, I'm, I'm gonna need this and I'm gonna want this, and, I'm gonna... and you're like, whoa, I'm in the car, like, you're the one who's serving me. Like, you'd be like, hey, wait a minute, like, I'm the one who wants food. Like, I can't give you anything, right? Like, but imagine how weird it would be if you go up to the counter and they're like, yeah, I'll take a, a number two with a sweet tea and, and, and fries. And you're like, I'm here to, to get food from you. Like, this is not how this goes. But so many times, God, we, we need, are like, Lord, I want to I want to serve you. I want to I want to be there for you. I want to I want to do the things that you're calling me to do. Yet when he comes to the counter and says, "Okay, I need this and I want this and I want you to do this and I need you to to serve me in this way." We we like back up and we're like, "No, no, 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 you take my order." And that's like not our our heart. That's like that's not where we're supposed to be. That's not how it works. Imagine how weird that would be if that happened at a restaurant. It wouldn't be open for very long, let me tell you. And so we have, to, we, we have to realize when we do this with God. And we also have to, 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 to see that when he asks us to do something that is good and right, hint, hint, it's always going to be good and right because that's just who he is, we, 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 we have to be able to, to respond to that accordingly. We have to be able to, to really understand that, okay, yeah, I'm here to serve you. I have the heart to serve you because if you don't fine tune your heart, you're gonna be like the person at the, at the counter who's working for the place, but not actually working for the place. You're still, you still got your own selfish motives and, and different things. Does that make sense? It's a little, it's a little confusing. I, I don't think there would ever be a restaurant that does that, just so you know. Um, let's read this last verse because it's kind of important. It says, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And again, this is a progression, so I'm not just gonna only camp to the, this temptation thing. I'm gonna kind of build upon the entirety of the Lord's Prayer. But we have to focus on the Lord. We have to focus on God. We have to fine-tune our hearts. And then this last thing, we have to look forward. And we have to look forward to two things, and they're kind of separate, but it's all encompassed in this. And that is we look forward to the kingdom, and we can look forward to temptation. We look forward to the kingdom that God is going to establish, but we also look forward to the temptation and the struggles and the trials and the, the things that are going to come and mess with us. You see, he ends this prayer by saying, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one, because he wanted it to, to be clear that we're not going to, it's never going to be a case that we're never going to walk through temptation. You're never going to be exempt from it. A lot of times people will sometimes either have, have they've been told or, or they just think it themselves that like, man, when I become a Christian, everything's going to be smooth sailing. And like, if I struggle, it's not going to be that bad. And I have people around anyway, like, 
So it's going to be good. But temptation is so is such a, a concept that we have to be familiar with and we have to understand that we're not exempt from. We're not the only ones uh, or, or we're not we're not going to not experience that. God never directly brings temptation though. I just want to clear that up. God is never going to be the one to actually bring temptation. It's not in his character. It's not in his nature that we would do that, but he will allow for it to happen. Why? Because that's how we grow. It's how we are built up. It's how we mature. It's how we, we, we progress through our faith. So that it would strengthen us so that we can then look forward again, build on that fine tuning of our hearts and so that we can position ourselves to not look at the thing that we're being tempted at or look at the things that, that are coming at us, but we would look at the kingdom and we would look forward to the kingdom. When we, when we say things like your, your kingdom come, your will be done, these things, these, these, these statements that we make are looking towards a, a heavenly kingdom that is not on, only going to be established, but is already here. We're asking for it to come down to heaven or from heaven. We should be in the word constantly so that we can look forward to the kingdom and that we can look forward and be ready for temptation. We have to be in the word. We have to know it. We have to respond to it because through it, we're going to recognize and overcome the temptations that we face, the struggles, the, the, the things that can come in and begin to distract us. But through his word, we also look forward to what God has in store for us. We read about his promises. We read about his plans. We, we begin to, to find victory in the things that we face through knowing and believing and trusting in God's word. It's important. As the, Lord prayer, as the Lord's prayer ends with this, of, of lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. We know and we can see that we can look forward not only to the kingdom, but we can look forward to temptation because we're not exempt from it. We're not going to be away from it. It's going to happen. It's going to come. God says, I want you to trust me. I want you to believe that I have got you. I want you to, to speak the word. Like when Jesus was being tempted, he used God's word to to combat what the enemy was saying. That's how he, he, he found victory. That's how he was able to, to withstand it. So we have to be ready in that same way. We have to be ready and we have to look forward to it because there's some really cool things that are coming. If we would just put our faith and put our trust and put our hope in Jesus and begin to pray in that way. And so... I want you guys to really get this as I kind of close up. We'll get back into worship. The Lord's Prayer, and, and this is sometimes taught, the Lord's Prayer it isn't necessarily the exact word-for-word -word example of how our prayer life should be all of the time. I say all of the time because there are times where this exact thing, praying the Word, being able to actually look at Scripture and pray this thing is going to help you. There are times where it's appropriate to pray this thing out loud, word for word. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be, all that stuff. 
It's important to do that in, at certain times, but sometimes we can get into it and be like, oh, well, this is the only way to pray because that's what Jesus commanded when he said, that's how we're supposed to pray. It's not necessarily this, this word for word thing, but it's a model of how we're supposed to live our life, how we're supposed to pray in our life. It's the attitude of how we should pray. It's, the, it's how we're supposed to approach God. It's how we're supposed to talk with him. It's what we're to expect from him, all of these things. We have to focus on God. We have to fine tune our hearts. We have to look forward. And if we follow this model in our prayer life, we're gonna be able to, to cover the different areas that we need to cover in our prayer life. Because you recognize God, you match up with him, and then you get a whole kingdom perspective because of it. You get to see what God is wanting you to see, wanting us to see. And so it's incredibly important that this be our posture in prayer. And here's the cool thing. If you don't know how to pray or you don't know what to pray, this is the best thing to start with. You can start with the verbatim, word for word, this is what it says, but then begin to use this as the model of how you pray, how you see God, how you, how you match your heart with him and and how you live your life looking forward to the different things that he says are, are gonna come, both good and not bad, but troublesome. <laughs> it, can, it can be annoying when you're going through temptation. It's so important and it's so awesome that when the disciples asked, Lord, teach us how to pray, that Jesus gave us a clear answer in his word. So...